Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Customers of now-collapsed Silicon Valley Bank are being told their money is protected and will still be accessible. Those customers include entrepreneurs like Tiffany Dufu. She's founder and CEO of a tech startup called The Crew, and her company has its money in SVB, which failed Friday. Tiffany, thank you for joining us as you're trying to sort through this crisis. Thank you for having me. When did you find out what had happened? On Thursday morning, I started to receive news from the investors who have invested in the crew, that there was something going on with SVB. And me and my team immediately got on it. And I'm appreciative of my investors because I was just heads down doing the work. And and what, what action did you take when you heard? We immediately, upon understanding that this bank was in trouble, tried to wire money that was in our account away from SVB. And we had some pending transfers, but ultimately were not successful. So you did not get any of your money out? No. Whirlwind of emotions, I'm sure. (laughs) To say the least. I think that sometimes when people think of a tech founder, the tech sector, they think of Mark Zuckerberg. I am African-American. I have two school-age kids. I'm in my mid-40s. Founders are people who have a problem that they've identified that they're trying to solve for a consumer. In my case, one in four women have considered leaving their jobs in the past year, and we partner with their employers to try to ensure that they have access to the resources that they need and the peer coaching they need to be successful. And so I'm working hard every day. I have investors. I have venture capitalists who have invested in the crew, but we're not doing this for the big bucks. Uh, We have families, we have food that we need to put on the table. And particularly because we have team members, we have employees who work hard every day for our companies. It was incredibly stressful to not be able to potentially meet payroll. That is the biggest expense for an early stage startup. Well, I was going to say that this government intervention is being criticized by some people as a bailout for wealthy tech company owners. And it sounds like you feel like that's a mischaracterization because many people's paychecks depend on a lot of these companies and they're not rich people. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) No one who, most of the people who are working at tech startups are not rich people. And I think that's really the point that there is a very diverse sector of the billions of dollars, yes, that are doled out in venture capital. Less than 1% goes to black female founders. So there are a lot of underrepresented founders and leaders in this community who were grossly impacted by this. And we're vulnerable. There's not a lot of liquidity. We don't have large assets to draw on. And so this really created a crisis for us. Now that the federal government says it will step in to protect customers like you and companies like yours, do you have clarity on how you can get access to your money again? I hope that by the end of the day, I will have that clarity. I don't have complete clarity, but 
I do have confidence and was very relieved yesterday when the announcement was made that we'll have access to all of our capital, but we still don't as of the the moment that I'm talking to you right now. Does that mean the next step for you and your team is just waiting? Well, we can't wait. I already had to step into gear. Uh, Our payroll provider is Trinet. I quite frankly, already had to figure out how to transfer money from my personal account to make sure that my team was taken care of. And I'm a very fortunate person that at least had a savings account that I could draw upon. But when I say that this is having an impact, it's having an impact on people personally. I have a son who's a junior in in high school, you know, taking resources out of my personal finances in order to meet payroll for my team has an enormous impact just on my well-being and my health and my sanity, let alone everything else that we're already doing in order to keep these companies thriving and successful. A big reason the Biden administration has stepped in is to prevent this fear from becoming a contagion that could ripple through the whole banking system. What is your confidence in the overall banking system right now? Well, my personal money is with Bank of America. Uh, Despite everything that's happened, I still have confidence in more established institutions that have been around for longer. That's where I'll be moving my money. I think for me, the challenge is with the sector itself. I will not be banking with SVB. I don't know what will happen with SVB in the future, but I do still have confidence in the overall banking system. So um, that's not what was shaken for me. It was the the personal and professional impact of just figuring out what am I going to do with my company. It is Women's History Month. We are a company that's focused on advancing women. And fortunately for this month, we had already launched a Republic campaign, which is an equity crowdfunding campaign. And we were able to direct people who wanted to support the crew to that at republic.com. So we also had, uh, thankfully, an opportunity to, you know, raise some more capital for the business in order to get us through this storm. That's Tiffany Dufu. She is CEO of tech startup The Crew, which matches women who want to collaborate on personal and professional goals. Tiffany, thank you. We're in the army now. We're not behind a plow. We'll never get rich at digging a ditch. We're in the army now. We're in the army now. We're in the army now. We'll never get rich on the salary which we get in the army now. Sexual assault at U.S. military academies is on the rise. That's the conclusion of a Pentagon report released Friday. Colorado Public Radio's Dan Boyce says the worsening trend comes despite years of stepped-up efforts to address the problem. The Defense Department began anonymous surveys of unwanted sexual contact in 2006 in the wake of a scandal involving widespread sexual assault at the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. The latest survey shows not only the highest rates of assault on record, but an 18% increase from the previous record in 2018. Pentagon spokeswoman Beth Foster says there's really no other way to describe the results. They're upsetting. Our cadets and midshipmen, our future military leaders, should be able to learn and grow in an environment free of sexual assault and harassment. Rates increased for both women and men at all three academies, the most dramatic spike for women at the Air Force Academy and the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Alcohol was cited as a factor in more than half the cases. Over the last two decades, the military has installed sexual assault prevention offices at the academies. Students undergo extensive training on appropriate conduct. Foster says academy leaders just still need better guidance. 
because the science and data has evolved so much in this space in recent years, they need new tools and capabilities to get after this. The military has tried to make it easier for victims to come forward. Cadets and midshipmen can now report assault without being cited themselves for misconduct, such as underage drinking. Rachel Van Landingham is president of the National Institute of Military Justice. She says Congress is also looking to change who prosecutes such claims. Whether it's a lawyer that's independent from the chain of command versus a commander, out of this realization that individuals in the military don't trust their commanders to make good decisions in this arena. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says each academy will receive an on-site evaluation of their sexual assault prevention policies by the end of April. For NPR News, I'm Dan Boyce in Colorado Springs. Billy Holiday, I sing your blues. Bet your life against me and I swear to God you lose it. Motherfuck the cops, we still singing for St. Louis. Motherfuck the cops, we still singing for St. Louis. Motherfuck the cops, we still singing for St. Louis. A committee in the Missouri House is taking a look at wiping out diversity, equity, and inclusion hiring practices in higher education. The Missouri House Special Committee on Government Accountability met for several hours this week on the issue. We're joined now by State Representative Maggie Nuremberg, a Kansas City Democrat who believes these bills don't encourage a welcoming environment for teachers or students. She joins us now. Representative, it's nice to have you on the show. Welcome back. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for having me. And next week, uh, just a quick note, we'll invite Republican lawmakers backing these bills to join us. Well, on Monday, Representative, uh, your colleague, Representative Doug Ritchie, proposed a bill that would ban public colleges from requiring diversity, equity, and inclusion statements from applicants, employees, students, or contractors. What is that? what, What are we talking about here? What does that mean exactly? Well, he said that the aim of his bill was really about prohibiting ideological discrimination in post-secondary education. So he um, explained in the hearing that he saw statements asking about diversity, equity, and inclusion as discriminatory. And uh, what is exactly a DEI statement, Representative? Well, again, this is DEI is is now becoming a term like kind of CRT, that anything in that realm is wrong. Mm. And it's, uh, I think at at some point even said, you know, this is just, um, again, supporting kind of the wokeness in higher education today. So, um, you know, what he saw, and I think what he said in there, and again, you know, if he's on the show, I hope he'll explain this better than I would. And and I'm paraphrasing here is that, you know, he saw this as, as a solution to a problem that he views as detrimental to higher education, right? That essentially that higher education institutions are indoctrinating our students with these woke ideologies. And do you think there's a problem there? Do you agree with that? Not at all. Now, I was, I've never taught in higher ed. I have attended, uh, I attended Truman State University. I, I received my master's in curriculum and instruction, my certification to teach Spanish and ELL from UMKC. But I certainly know a little bit about diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, and why this work is so important. I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Ecuador. I, I was a rural public health educator. I taught five years in our urban core at University Academy, a school which is 95% Black. I taught my last five years at North Kansas City High School, which is our most diverse high school in the state. Hmm. And I always recognize how important diversity, equity, and inclusion is to making sure that every student that walks in the classroom 
whether that's from pre-K to 12 or in our higher education institutions, are provided with a welcoming environment. So these days, under the current rules, if you're uh, an applicant for a job in higher ed, you have to uh, what provide some sort of statement on uh, your beliefs on DEI. Explain what that is. Well, I don't know if our institutions are requiring this or not, mm-hmm. right? I think in a lot of jobs, they want to. They obviously need to know your background. What do you bring to this institution? Um, how are you going to be an effective educator? Um, obviously, we've had a real um, problem that I've seen in our in our um, universities that we don't have enough professors that look like the students they are educating. And they want to know, are you going to be able to meet students where they are? Are you going to be able to, to like I say, again, provide a welcoming environment for them? Hmm. So if this gets passed, then what kind of impact do you think this will have on the number of teacher applicants? Well, our universities were there in force. Many Missourians were there in force to speak to how detrimental this legislation, if passed, would be for our state. This is, um, you know, we see a lot of bills that, in my mind, I, I would deem as egregious. This was absolutely one of the most detrimental I have seen to date because hmm. it would be uh, literally Missouri would send a message if this was passed that these perspectives are not welcoming. It would simply dissuade some of America's brightest academic minds from even coming to Missouri. And same thing with our students. Why would they want to attend a university in this state if all of this was prohibited? If, if in, in the institution where more than anything, critical thinking should be embraced, um, they're essentially censored. So I think this would not only per- dissuade professors from coming to Missouri, but also dissuade students from wanting to get an education in Missouri. Do you think this wave of opposition that Representative Ritchie faced, is that going to have any impact on whether this bill advances or not? I certainly hope so. And that's why, you know, I give kudos to everybody who was willing to give up of uh, their Monday evening or their entire Monday to travel to Jefferson City to share their perspectives. Um, we were in that hearing until after 10 p.m. because there was such a force, not just on, on Representative Ritchie's bill, but also on Representative Baker's bill that was really about um, health care. I'm about to ask provision. you about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there was a, a, a thankfully a, a really solid showing of folks in, in explaining not only why this work is important, where universities are today in this work, um, but also just about that detrimental impact to our institutions of higher learning. Well, you mentioned this uh, second bill, uh, this one filed by Representative Ben Baker. It would restrict licensing boards, medical providers, and medical schools from having DEI requirements. So it's something of a companion bill. What do you think this means for medical schools in our state if this thing would advance? Again, I'm not a um, healthcare provider, but what I can say is um, I I have several in my family. My mom's a physician at University uh, Health. My husband is a nurse practitioner at Samuel Rogers, one of our um, best FQHCs here in, in the Kansas City area. And, you know, I went to them and I asked them, what, you know, what are your perspectives on this? You all aren't legislators, um, but it's legislators writing this legislation that would essentially govern, right, how, um, what medical schools and healthcare, not just medical schools, but all the other health um, care professionals are able to do. Um, and quite frankly, they are terrified of this legislation. And we heard that from our med schools. We heard that from med students, from universities. They're terrified of this legislation 
because under these proposals, they could lose all state funding for adhering to national guidelines. They would also, quite frankly, just lose their accreditation. They Students could graduate mm-hmm. from their institutions, but actually wouldn't have the certification to be able to practice in their field. Because you're saying accrediting agencies uh, require this kind of DEI language to be part of, of what happens there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I think has really come into play recently is how important recognizing those social determinants of health really are. So when we talk about that, um, you know, healthcare disparities based on ethnicity alone is real and they have to be addressed. So there's so many con- conditions that that really influence health and healthcare providers have to understand those, right? Mm-hmm. And so that is part of um, medical school, all medical training today. Um, and, you know, Steve, if you don't mind, I want to recognize these proposals are really being pushed by outside groups coming into the state. And those were the folks, you know, I I flat out asked both sponsors, where did this legislation come from? It came from out of state. Out of state meaning, meaning which, which groups do you think? Think tanks. Yeah. Yeah. Rightly. Well, I can tell you because the the folks were there to testify there. One was from the Cicero Institute, um, which is based in Austin, Texas. So that was in representative Richie's bill. Um, There was a gentleman there from the Cicero Institute to testify why we needed this in Missouri. And the other one, um, Representative Ben Baker's bill was really being pushed by a um, now retired uh, professor from the University of Pennsylvania, Dr. Stanley Goldfarb. And I asked where, you know, where, where did you meet uh, Representative Baker? And he shared that they met at the uh, conference up in New York at the Manhattan Institute. Hmm. So again, a very much a right-wing think tank um, and, and they're pushing this across the nation. This do, and, and again, under, under that term, do no harm, right? So at first glance, it was like, of course, of course we don't want to do harm, right? That, that's, that is the very oath that physicians take. Mm-hmm. However, when you really dig into it, what our healthcare providers are telling us is we have to understand the full spectrum of where a patient is coming from. We have to understand um, Right. To, to properly treat them and right. diagnose them. Right. Well, given this long hearing you attended till 10 o'clock on Monday evening, what were some of the things, Maggie, that you were hearing from people supporting the bill? Very little. We didn't have a lot other than the outside um, support. There was very little hmm. in support of this bill. The vast majority was in opposition. And, you know, if you look today, this is all you know, obviously on, on our House website. You can look at pages and pages of folks that showed up to testify in opposition. You know, some people might think that this is all part of an ongoing attempt from Republicans to get rid of all DEI standards and policies, sort of like what we're seeing in Florida. Does it feel that way to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, this isn't just, we we certainly have seen this in in the attacks on education from pre-K to 12, but this was an interesting space to be in that this is now really going after higher education as well. Um, as well as as well as medical school, and I, I can't help but think of of you know if they're saying that here in Missouri that education is trying to um, essentially indoctrinate students, right? And and there's this fear that they are politicizing. I I should say that that our education institutions are politicizing students Mm -hmm. um, by pushing this sort of curriculum. But when we hear from the folks that are in that field, 
we simply hear that they're just trying to understand where people are coming from, right? right? That's how you meet them where they are. That's how you, you know, whether it's in pre-K to 12 and just trying to get Missouri kids prepared for the real world or in the realm of healthcare and recognizing where somebody comes from. Um, and, you know, and I see if I have to go back to the fact, like there's some real issues and real healthcare disparities in Missouri today. We often talk about how detrimental um, or, or where we stand today in maternal mortality rates for Black mothers. We had healthcare providers there to share, you know, if you're a Black woman giving birth, you are three to four times more likely to die in childbirth than a mm. white woman in the state. Wow. Wow. So they were there to share those stories as to why this work matters. Well, that's State Representative Maggie Nuremberg. She's a Kansas City Democrat talking about these bills uh, in the General Assembly right now aimed at eliminating diversity, equity, and inclusion hiring practice in, in higher education. Uh, Representative Nuremberg, nice to have you on the show. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. The, the first thing we're going to do to, I think, stop racism is stop focusing on racism. Stop focusing on racism. Ex-worker files racial discrimination lawsuit against Addiction Center in Center County. A black woman who worked at an addiction treatment center in Port Matilda until she was terminated filed a federal lawsuit Friday that claimed racial discrimination and retaliation. Former St. Joseph Institute counselor Valerie Albro, of Spring Township, alleged she encountered a hostile work environment when she worked for the company from October 2016 until September 2021. A message left with the company was not immediately returned Tuesday. Albro, her attorney wrote in the 17-page lawsuit, was the only black employee for most of her tenure. She experienced and witnessed racist and discriminatory conduct, attorney Robert A. Bracken wrote. Albro texted an emoji of a thumbs-up to an administrator in August 2018. In response, the lawsuit alleged the administrator wrote, Is that a black hand thumbs-up? Oh wow, they have all kinds of shades. But you didn't use the darkest one? What a wild world. Have a great weekend. Two months later, another administrator was alleged to have told Albro she looked like a maid about to go clean something. She was also called the N-word by a client and was stereotyped as an angry black woman, the lawsuit claimed. Bracken also wrote Albro was subjected to offensive and embarrassing questions about her hair. She was fired, the lawsuit claimed, after manager said she was aggressive and created a hostile work environment. Albro alleged the company's racial discrimination was used as a basis to fire her. She's seeking unspecified damages. Happy Juneteenth N. Racist text sent to CLT workers spurs rash of lawsuits. The Sunday text message arrived on a work thread. The date was June 20, 2021. Happy Father's Day, it began, noting the holiday being celebrated that day. Then, it said this, and Happy Juneteenth N- with a racial epithet spelled out. The text, according new allegations in federal court, had been written by a white supervisor at Carolina Environmental Response Team, or CERT, a Charlotte company that handles chemical spills, hazardous waste disposal and other environmental needs. It had been sent to a group of some 15 company workers. Documents claim that at least six of them were black. All six complained to higher-ups about the content and timing of the text, the documents claim. Within weeks or a few months, according to the documents, five of the six had either been forced to quit or had been fired outright. Now all six are taking their former employer to court. 
In a series of almost identical lawsuits filed in the Western District of North Carolina, the black employees accuse Carolina Environmental of racial discrimination, retaliation and constitutional violations. They also claim that they were forced to endure a hostile work environment where employees, including those in supervisory and managerial positions, felt emboldened to engage in racist and discriminatory conduct against black employees without repercussion. Lee Shank, the company's owner and vice president, told the Charlotte Observer on Monday that the allegations are not true, that Carolina Environmental punished the purported author of the text, and that the company does not discriminate against its black employees. The lawsuits, Shank claims, are simply a money grab by the former workers and their attorney, Daniel Lyon of Charlotte. Lyon's law firm said he was out of the office this week and unavailable for comment. The power of the N-word. The civil complaints against Carolina Environmental offer the latest example of the sometimes explosive and litigious intrusion of race into the workplace. The federal courts already have ruled that a single use of a racial epithet can justify a hostile workplace claim. In October, for example, a federal appeals court revived a lawsuit filed by a Rutherford County worker who claims she was repeatedly slurred with the N-word by her boss's six-year-old son. The N-word has a special place, UNC law professor Jeffrey Hirsch told the Observer at the time. The courts are far less likely to tolerate it. It holds much more sway than any other word. In the recent cases, there is also the matter of timing. That the N-word was used on a company message thread the day after Juneteenth, which marks the anniversary of the emancipation of American slaves, makes its usage even more galling, the CERT lawsuits claim. The black workers, James Baker, Marcus Nesbitt, and Robert Ashcraft, all of Mecklenburg County, Joshua White of Gaston County, Frank Streeter of Union County, and Emil Graham of Guilford County, say the Juneteenth text was not the first racist remark or joke they'd heard from their white co-workers, and that their complaints about the text were brushed off at the time by Shank, who was included on the original message thread. They also claim that the company's discrimination went deeper than online messaging, that they were paid less than white employees and were routinely passed over for promotions. Five of the six say they were constructively discharged, meaning that they left the company in response to intolerable or hostile working conditions. The sixth, James Baker, was fired. He claims in his lawsuit that he was the victim of retaliation. Now they want their jobs back, along with missed salaries and benefits, as well as damages in excess of $30,000. You guys all know me better. Shank said he started Carolina Environmental 12 years ago, and that the company has just under two dozen employees. Currently, he says, four of them are black. During a Monday phone interview with The Observer, Shank claimed the lawsuits misrepresent both the actual events surrounding the text message and his company's response. He alleges that one of the plaintiffs, Frank Streeter, did not even work for Carolina Environmental when the text went out, and that another, Robert Ashcraft, stayed with CERT for another year before leaving after receiving a workers' compensation settlement for an on-the-job injury. Only one employee, Baker, was fired, Shank said, and that was due to him having multiple, on-the-job accidents as a company truck driver. Shank said the purported author of the racist text, whom Shank claims was never a supervisor, was suspended for a week. The white worker claimed that someone else used his phone at his home to send the message, Shank said. The worker kept his job, Shank said, because it appeared the employees had worked out the dispute among themselves. While acknowledging that the lawsuits make him appear as a dirt-dumb racist, Shank maintains that his company does not discriminate on pay, promotions or in the treatment of his employees. A portion of the original Father's Day 2021 message thread shows the racist text, which was sent at 1.27 p.m., drew an immediate response from several employees. I really do not appreciate that one bit and nothing is funny about it, Marcus Nesbitt, one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuits, wrote four minutes after the offensive post appeared. A worker named Josh, 
whom Shank identified as plaintiff Joshua White, added, Wow, that's some BS to say. As part of the lawsuit filings, Shank's response in the message thread is reduced to one, partially hidden line. According to a screen grab he shared with the observer, Shank said this in full. I have no clue why that text was sent but I hope each and every one of you know where I insert stand on that matter. The white employee whose phone sent the racist text, joined back in. A jackass visiting picked up my phone, I handled it, he wrote. You guys all know me better. Nesbitt, who expressed disgust at the original text, then appeared to vouch for his white co-worker. I really don't believe, the co-worker, did that because, he, is one of the nicest people, I've, met since I've been working for Lee, he's not that type of guy. Have a happy Father's Day. This story was originally published March 14, 2023, 5 a.m. To have a career in teaching, every beginning teacher must first pass a test. Those licensing exams ensure that teachers know their subject inside and out. But hundreds of teachers struggle to pass their exams on time. The Schlemmer has more on what happens when time runs out. As they line up to leave for their next class, students at Howard Hall Elementary in Cumberland County gush about the project they've been working on in art class. We, we, we painted a mask, an African-American mask. They call their art teacher Ms. Art. Well, um, first name Ashley, middle name Renee, last name Thompson. And that's it, Ms. Art. And it just worked out. I don't know how it worked out, but it did. On the wall above Ms. Art is a photo of her back when she was a student at the same school. So I like to show the kids that, like, I was here. I, that was probably first or second grade. It, I don't know, it kind of gives them a moment to think, like, okay, well, that could be me later on in life. Ms. Art says she couldn't see herself teaching anywhere but here. But there's something standing in her way. She's been teaching for eight years, but she struggled to become a fully licensed teacher because she still needs to pass a required licensing exam. I've taken it six times and failed it six times at $160 each time. She pays out of pocket to take the test, and now it's costing her a lot more, like thousands of dollars a year more. Because Ms. Art hasn't passed the exam yet, she lost her teaching license. She's allowed to keep teaching, but only if she's paid the same as a substitute teacher. That makes a big difference in her paycheck. When you look at it, it's hurtful. It's like, oh man, it's, it's almost like fifteen to 18000 a year. She says she feels that pressure every time she sits down to take the exam. It's a wave of anxiety. That test determines my salary and what I've been doing for the last eight years. This is my career. And that test is going to change it. She says she's never been a good test taker. And now she's debating whether she can afford to keep teaching. Her boss, Principal Erica McAdoo, says she wants to keep her on staff. If there was anything in my power at the school level that I could do, I would most definitely do it because she's such an amazing piece to our culture, to the curriculum. These kids love her. McAdoo says there are two other teachers in the school in the same boat, and she knows principals at other schools facing the same problem. Plus, McAdoo says she has other vacancies to fill right now due to the teacher shortage. To lose Ms. Art or any other teacher right now in this shortage, um, it's, uh, it breaks my heart breaks for me, but for the children more so. 
When a beginning teacher in North Carolina fails to pass their licensing exam in three years, they're given a limited license that can't be renewed. It's like an extension to pass their test. But 15% of teachers on that limited license still don't pass. Then they either take a pay cut or leave the profession. There are many different licensing exams North Carolina teachers take depending on what they teach. On their first try, about a third of test takers fail the exam that Ms. Art needs to pass, the Praxis Content Test for Art. So does that mean there's a problem with the test? Jeff Phelps is a researcher at ETS, the testing company that makes Praxis exams. Keep in mind that panels of experts have looked at what kinds of knowledge teachers really need in order to provide their students with opportunities to learn, right? You know, the test is designed to ensure that kids get the teachers they deserve who are ready to teach a school subject. He says he'd like to see more focus on helping prospective teachers be better prepared in their subject area. That's not the argument you're going to hear a lot, right? You're going to hear, hey, the test's the barrier. Let's get rid of it. Education policymakers in North Carolina are concerned about the number of new teachers who are failing licensing exams, and they're looking at alternatives besides throwing out the tests altogether. There are two solutions in the works. State senators recently filed a bill that would let a teacher like Ms. Art renew her limited license with approval from her local school board. If that bill becomes law, she would have a pathway to keep teaching with typical pay. And State Superintendent Catherine Truitt and her administration are also working on entirely restructuring teacher licensing. The new licensing model is called Pathways to Excellence for Teaching Professionals. Pathways would allow for our teachers to demonstrate the multitude of things that they do in a classroom on a daily basis that does not tie to standardized testing. That's Julie Pittman. She's a longtime teacher and a special advisor to the state superintendent. She's been involved in working groups that wrote recommendations for the licensing proposal. They want teachers to be able to gain a license using a variety of measures like principal observations, student surveys, student test scores, or a portfolio of classwork. So that our teachers can actually demonstrate the things that they do in the classroom and not just demonstrate that they are or are not good test takers. Right now, that licensing model will require legislation to become a pilot program. Then it would take several years of study and another law to become the standard statewide. Principal McAdoo says she'd like for teachers at her school who are in danger of losing their licenses to be judged by what they do for students. She points to how Ms. Art has held an art show for her students and used the sales to take the whole school on a field trip. I mean, that's amazing. That's not average. That's not average. And so for me, that's a top tier teacher, which I feel like, you know, we can't lose that. Ms. Art says her situation is urgent, and there are more than a 1,000 teachers in the state who are also in danger of losing their licenses if they don't pass their exams in the next few years. Liz Schlemmer, North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. The cows. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date friday march 17 2023 
So I have been told uh, I do not celebrate anything. So hopefully everyone is safe, sober, no green beer or anything else. They uh, died Chicago River green part of their annual traditions they were doing all that supposed to be uh, environmentally friendly and all the rest I don't know if they do they die bubbly creek green as well in Chicago or they don't they don't okay anywho uh, holiday or no neutralizing workplace racism same old same old labor super important trying to figure out things to do to solve problems in the workplace without creating new problems just before we push off super important subject matter as always not for spectators the weather was supposed to be 52 degrees in Seattle Washington today which you know hey take that every day sunny 62 that was in the forecast it ended up being a sunny 61 degree day. I will take warmer pretty much every time unless we start talking about, you know, 100 degree and that sort of thing. Wow. Spring time. In fact, I had said that yesterday, that yesterday evening, that is it for the cold weather. It just didn't look like it was going to be that dramatic, but it definitely looked like, oh, yeah, all that is done. Throw that sweater in the trash. We are ready for spring weather. And yes, emphatically, in fact, if I had known it was going to be 60 flipping degrees, we'd have been at the beach to do this program. I didn't know. Oh, well, tomorrow it is forecast to be 60. So, already know we will be at the beach now neutralizing workplace racism not for spectators let us know if you figured out some things to help solve problems without creating new problems the number 605-313-5164 the code 564 nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate number again six oh five three one three five one six four the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate not for spectators the email until justice at gmail dot com until justice at gmail dot com if you are concerned about your anonymity, do not wish to be identified, write in and we will happily share your commentary or if you have a situation and you would like us to offer some logical, codified 
input suggestions. Uh, so the audio segments that we heard, um, that there were so many things with regards to labor this week. The bank failings, enormous. They're having protests in France right now. President Marcon raising the age of retirement two years to the age of 64 and whites there are furious out in the streets what making us work and nope and Los Angeles LA Unified School District right down the road from uh, Bay Area mom I think close to Z's mom former teacher they are set to go on strike hundreds of Thousands of students might not have classroom work at all or a teacher for the next three days starting at the beginning of the week. Said they're working furiously to see if they can stave this off. But I mean, wow, the workplace just boundless. Just it went on and on and on. So many different components. That report about the racist text messages that were sent allegedly by a supervisor well actually can't even say alleged because the supervisor said this person was punished so why would there be a punishment if there was not some sort of infraction violation so apparently this all took place uh, at the Carolina Environmental Response Team a Charlotte company that handles chemical spills hazardous waste disposal and other environmental needs now even pause right there the black african he said hey all that hazmat stuff is last resort if you got to have hazmat yee, this sounds like one of those type of jobs particularly i'd have to hear like what's the distribution of labor for all of this who's in the dangerous position for this company cert but they continue. So this is when we talked about this before. White, uh, uh, right? White people, racists on your job. They got a clown for the Negro holidays. Black History Month, Dr. King's holiday, Juneteenth. We've had folks. We just had Black History Month. So we had people dialing in. We've had fried chicken and watermelon and all the rest of it. Uh, where they just got a clown. They just got to say something can't just get through the day and you know what it doesn't even it's not even like you as a non-white person black person it's not even like you got to be coming in Ooh, we i can't wait till juneteenth i got my uh juneteenth sorbet from walmart and got my red black and green socks and ooh, we i'm gonna have my kente cloth hat and you don't have to i mean you, i don't even celebrate juneteenth you know another day for me just got my water ready to work that could be your whole attitude right same way you behave today. I don't do St. Patrick's Day either. Whatever that means. They come. Mm. Happy Juneteenth. Negra. And send the text message out. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> what in the world? What in the world? What does it mean to be white? Better question. But as this continues, I mean... <sighs> And this is from this week. You all can read this. This is uh, the Charlotte Observer 
from right or excuse me from March 15 two days ago happy Juneteenth Negra racist text sent to CLT workers spurs rash of lawsuits got the hives itching got the rash right uh, so the text message June 20 2021 middle of the Rona I might add not we're all in this together and oh my goodness what are we going to do and now we got a vaccine to get happy Juneteenth Negra in a text message no less man continue so oh wait a minute happy Father's Day it began now even that I think is important because they have so many jokes about black people black males specifically you're not dads. You all just go around and make all these babies and are not dads and all the rest. They make tons of those sort of jokes. You know, who's your daddy? You don't know. <laughs> What's the most confusing day in the Negro ghetto neighborhood? Father's Day, <laughs> which is when this was all sent. That's what I said. Anyway, so the victims, they get this, you know, happy Juneteenth neighbors. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so they go to make their reports of racism. Now, Lee Shank, the company's owner, I suspect a white man, they say that, hey, this is a money grab, whatever that means, and that we do not discriminate. Four of our two dozen or so employees are black. Now, again, I would want to know where are they working at this hazardous material cleanup company? I would want to, you know, just give me the give me the details. Who's the, the president and who's the custodial workers here? Anyway, so all of this happens and we get down a little bit in terms of the explanation, in terms of what they say took place. They say, uh, Shank, the white owner of the company, said the purported author of the racist text. Now, again, if this happened, this is not purported or alleged. This is the author of the offensive text they only have to say racist whom shank claims was never a supervisor was suspended for a week the white worker claimed that someone else used his phone at his home to send the message the worker kept his job shank said because it appeared the employees had worked out the dispute among themselves and we'll stop right here. Now I want you all, good people, victims of racism throughout the known universe, to think. You have a cell phone. I'm a no-count, lowly nigger myself. I have a cell phone. <clears throat> Has anyone ever taken your phone, found contact information for your co-workers, and sent, we're not even going to say racist, we'll just say sent them unprofessional content, messages, images, memes, gifts, whatever. Have any of you ever, any circumstance, any circumstance, let's do it that way, we'll go wide as possible. So this is when you were in college, maybe you got drunk with your friends one night and they thought it would be funny. And they unlocked your phone and sent a bunch of unprofessional 
text messages and nude pics and such to your coworkers, people you intern with or what have you. Anybody, can you think of a time where someone took your phone, figured out who your coworkers are, and sent them some inappropriate content? Please, 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 I'm begging, share if that has ever happened in your life. 605-313-5164, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Now, I am going wide, but the report said that he said someone at his house took his phone and sent this Juneteenth text message. Hmm. Now, it continued. So this happens, 2021, said that uh, uh, Lost my place. Lost my place. Okay. The users from the worker. Okay. While acknowledging that the lawsuits make him appear as a dirt, dumb, racist, Shank maintains that his company does not discriminate on pay promotions or in the treatment of his employees. Dirt, dumb, racist. Now, I've said for some time now, I've been focusing on that word dirt, dirty. Mr. Fuller has that in the word guide, producejustice.com, and recommends that we are very careful, observant about the use of that word dirt, dirty, all the rest of a dirt, dumb. I don't even know what that is. You dirty racist. I don't even really hear people say that, but I think eh, you dirty racist, but I don't, I don't really hear people say that a dumb racist. I feel like that's a little more frequent, but I don't even hear that, but a dirt, dumb racist. Why does this make you look like a dirt, dumb racist? Whatever that means. Cause you say that the white person who purportedly sent this text, he was, uh, suspended for a week so he was punished it's not like this happened and you all laughed it off and told the black people shut up and get back to work he was punished why does it make you look like a dirt dumb racist you said none of the black people were fired except for the one and he had accidents on the job whatever that mean and you employ black people so why does this make you look like a dirt dumb racist and you see how it's consistently a white person who practices racism is not diabolical, methodical, scientific, strategic, calculating. No. They're dumb, stupid, ignorant, moronic, imbecilic. It continued, right? Because we got the dirt, dumb, racist. Uh, Let's see. He said the white employee whose phone sent the racist text 
joined back in. A jackass visiting picked up my phone. I handled it, he wrote. You guys all know me better. Nesbitt, who expressed disgust at the original text, then appeared to vouch for his white co-worker. I really don't believe the co-worker did that because he is one of the nicest people I've met since I've been working for Lee. He's not that type of guy. I will just say, I think, hey, victims guaranteed qualified, right? We have some uh, non-white people who say, hey, Gusty, that is absurd. You running around here, literally running around here talking about admitted racist. Well, victims guaranteed qualified. My suggestion, non-white people should never come to the defense of a suspected racist if a non-white person has accused this white person of practicing racism suspects that they could have done something racist in any way that should be code I as a victim of racism even if I think this white person is the greatest ever they have never mistreated me they've never called me nigger gave my wife a ride to the hospital when she was about to have our first first daughter everything I could ask they have contributed money to the cows and all of that if a non-white person has accused them of racism oh no that's just part of the counter racist code I cannot come out here oh my god I cannot be a character witness for suspected racists that just cannot be That has happened way too long and there are too many examples of a racist having one nigra that they are courteous, kind, don't call them a nigra, even do constructive and helpful things for. And then the rest of the nigras, they go out in mystery or even they could have many nigras. They are courteous, nice, don't mistreat. But hey, that one nigra. Or it's one day all the niggers. Could be a lot of different ways. Racists, they are cunning. As I said, manipulative, conniving, maniacal. Whole bunch of you adjectives you can add to it. But even that, like, so let's ride with what this white man says. A white man in your house took your phone and sent these text messages out. So was this a relative? Was this your son? Was this a family member? Who was this white person? Tell us please. Because I mean he's in your house right? So he can't be a stranger. I mean hey. I don't know. Most people's phones. They got a password on it. <laughs> I mean I don't know. I'm niggardly. I don't have the latest iPhone. I don't get $10,000 to go get an iPhone every other week. But my niggerish phone has got a password on it. Most of the phones that I have nabbed, they got a password. Well, you don't have a password on your phone? Did you, did you know this person well enough where they know the password to your phone? Hmm. Have we met this person before? How did they, how did they access your work? Colleagues, coworkers, contact information 
do you have our information, you know, categorized in such a way where it would be easy? Somebody could just go to your phone and go to your contacts and, oh, okay, these are his coworkers. Oh, these are his Negro coworkers. Bam. How is this set? Do you just go to your text messages and see like, oh, okay, these are, you know, some of his messages that he sent. Like, oh, okay, bang, this looks like his coworkers. Bam. Does this guy, is this guy a racist? Because you said he's a jackass. Is this guy a racist? Does he say racist things about black people? Does he say nigra? Nigra jokes? Any of the above? I mean, if he's going to take your phone and write such a thing, what does he talk about when you all are kicking it under, you know, typical, typical times? bunch of questions probably think of some more if we just want to ride with that but like I said we would have so anyone can you think of a time ever someone has nabbed your phone sent inappropriate messages information content of any sort to your co-workers has that ever happened to you anytime any place any context 605-313-5164 the code 564-943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate even within this report it just went I can't believe it it just went on I was so stunned this is all one report so happy father's day happy father's day niggers, blah, blah. within weeks or a few months according to the documents five of the six niggers had been forced to quit or had been fired outright they also claimed that they were forced to endure a hostile work environment where employees including those in supervisory and managerial positions felt emboldened to engage in racist and discriminatory conduct against black employees without repercussions now that I would want details like what did they do exactly once they were emboldened like I said how much more emboldened are we gonna get like man we had January 6th President Trump the Tea Party like man if they get more embo- I mean we we got to be the most emboldenedest ever. Like I said, they weren't even done. It continued. They said, this situation is example of the sometimes explosive and litigious intrusion of race into the workplace. What? In, somebody should have got a raise for that one. What? That is Hall of Fame right there. The race card, they got a bunch of them. Hall of Fame. Racial profiling, they got a bunch of them. Sometimes explosive and litigious intrusion of race into the workplace. They have been saying that the race creeps into the appraisal industry. I think that's a pretty good one too, but what the sometimes explosive and litigious intrusion of race into the workplace 
I guess that's what this program is about, but it's not sometimes, it's all the flipping time. Explosive. Ah, got bombs going. It's Timothy McVeigh on the on the premises. My goodness. Uh, we got the dirt dumb racist that I miss anything else. We got the jackass. Jackass in the house. Might be a relative. We don't know. Uh, let's see. What else did I want to make sure I get in? I, did, did I skipped through all the other reports that we heard. I just skipped through everything. Let me go back to the banking situation. Um, I, the, the Silicon Valley bank collapse. They had people boohooing here in Seattle as a result of that. That was like front page news here. Like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Lots of tech startups here, right? Whole West Coast. Uh, they had down the South by Southwest Festival every year in Austin, Texas. Want to go to Austin at some point, hopefully. They said that, I think it just started this week. They said that literally they had entrepreneurs, white people sobbing out in public at the South by Southwest Festival. What are we going to do? Can we get our nickels? What are we going to do? In a system of white supremacy racism, it is not possible to be independent of the white supremacist financial institution. That is simply not possible. They did all that talk about, we're going to do crypto, we're going to do crypto, get off the regular banking system. And yes, now look at the last year or so of crypto. Yes, indeed. And then all of this, once again, from the tech industry, no less. That is the system of white supremacy. They bilk and rob and steal from white people on a regular basis. I mean, really, no big deal about robbing the Negro. That's in that segment. They started with a victim, Miss uh, Dufu. It is D-U-F-U. The crew, Tiffany Dufu, the founder and CEO of the crew, which even that because they said, oh, my God, I got to make sure I got to get that in it. So she is a member. I'm reading from her LinkedIn bio. Tiffany Dufu, D-U-F-U, is a member of the Women's Forum, New York, Delta Sigma Theta, right on. And is a lifetime Girl Scout. You know that sexual abuse. She serves on the board of Simmons University and lives in New York City with her husband and two children. Now, she pointed out that tech startups, less than 1% of their investments go to female, black female founders, right? I told you how NPR and most of these mainstream outlets, when they do reports about racism, in labor, they e- deliberately exclude black males. So I looked, how much does the tech industry, venture capitalists, how much do they invest in black male founders? I don't know because they said that the amount that they invest in black founders, period, is about 1%. And it dropped to 1%. And they had the numbers for this over the past 
few years or so that at no point has it been explosive like oh my goodness the Negroes are getting you know 5, 10, 20 per- nah 1% so if the black females get less than 1% of the venture capitalists investments let me see carry the one let me get my abacus here you mean the black privileged black males they also get less than one percent or they could have just hey be ignorant hey black people period get one percent of the venture capitalists investment one even there, we can't get in black males. I went to the crew website, the crew. I saw a lot of pale chicks that looked like they would be white women. That's cool in the game. VG, what I said before, victims guaranteed qualified. I just want to make sure that I point that out consistently. It's not like black males are rolling in the dough with all their privilege, hanging out with all the venture capitalists. Nope, but they are totally excluded from the segment. Moving on. Um... And they hot, they connected that with Women's History Month. I got to go back and look to see, did NPR, did they have any anything talking about black businesses for Black History Month that was not like, I don't know, a, a chitlin joint or a beauty salon? I'm going to have to go back and look. I'm going to have to go back and look, see if they had, one, did they have anything at all? And then was it anything other than a chitlin joint? beauty salon not that there's anything wrong with that I can't afford either one can't even afford a chitlin plate but I'm just saying totally different from venture capitalists banking at Silicon Valley let's see um, I will leave it there man I could have said a lot there were so many so many reports I will leave it there I will just touch briefly we talked before making a business decision am I going into the armed services I say hey it's a business decision that reports about that too because they have such recruiting difficulties and what are we going to do we're not recruiting enough people and what are we going to do what are we going to do that's another one where they raised the age limit used to be at I think like 40 they were talking about lifting it to like 45 or somewhere in there because what are we going to do what are we going to do and we got too many tubby people and all the rest of it um, that report about the sexual assaults in the military for males and females being raped that would be something because they said that also the numbers of abuse have gone up that would be something to discuss seriously let's watch a documentary on Lavina Johnson or go do some research in fact if you're in school <laughs> While you're on spring break, we're going to go to the university library and we're going to do a two page paper on Lavina Johnson, especially if you're thinking about going into the armed services. Give me your report on Lavina Johnson so that you have that to help make your decision. I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't, but it would be better for you to know who Lavina Johnson is before you enlist better to even research that report is that true how much of a problem is this 
Maybe I could talk to someone who experienced this, get some tips from them. Let me really think about this before I sign my name on that line. Getting someone thinking intelligently about making these serious career decisions. The number again, 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Alrighty, again, have you ever in your life had someone snatch your phone send out inappropriate content of any kind to your co-workers has that ever happened to anyone who can hear my voice even if you're listening to the archives you can email until justice at gmail.com don't be a spectator if this has happened to you let's see folks who dialed in with a hand up if you have commentary to share line should be open proceed can I be here I aforementioned Z's mom yes ma'am um I haven't had that experience, but I have, well, my um, a person in my care unit, when they were younger, had that experience where um, someone took their phone and mass text their whole family to tell them, oh, I'm coming out as gay, and I wanted everyone to know, and it, it caused a bit of a commotion within our care unit because there was a lot of confusion, but that person was younger, so... I imagine the circumstances are much different than a person who is older and um, can't be tricked out of having their phone taken. I also wanted to um, say one thing. I had I had an update about, um, I, th- I think it was non-Clemson grad. Um, I just wanted to say that I talked to my coworker, and because he um, got his PE in chemical engineering, You don't actually need to have um, an actual engineer look over your work. You can just have anyone who is within your field or a type of field similar. So I know that's not very helpful, but I did want to say that I think that his original plan is probably the best way to go about it is to find someone within his job or even outside of his specific job that has a PE license that can look over his work because I think in at least when I looked in my state, as long as someone can review your work and classify it as like engineering work, it counts um, to be able to submit. And that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Man, that is awesome. Not Clemson grad had just asked about that, the difficulty in not having someone to uh, supervise his projects to come in and do the looking over once everything is complete and wanted assistance. I wrote about that uh, on social media and query. That was another one where I said, Hey, you know, you can archives what 
Z's mom just did. That is awesome. I'm glad she was able to talk to someone. So we'll have that in the archive. If they're listening live or archived, great. Have someone they who is in his uh, field or what have you, and they are competent engineering. Bang, they can do the looking over, and oh, that would be great. Hopefully, he can get a big raise and do some grants. Get a get a big raise for that as well, or promotion, both, all of the above. Uh, let's see. Oh, and uh, she gave us the anecdote about the uh, so-called coming out, some sexual confusion. Even that, Mr. Fuller talks about that specifically and saying that uh, sexual confusion, anti-sex, that that is not funny. That is not something to joke about. We've had three years of all this stress and confusion why am I going and, you know, ha ha, such and such is, you know, coming out ha, 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 and have people do what? What's going on? How do they respond about all of that? Confuse what? Come on now. Always about things that are not constructive. That's how we have been trained to function in the system of white supremacy. That said, even that. We were shooting wide. Still looking though for co-workers because that's not quite the same like that. I personally do not think that that is funny, but I could at least see how, you know, I'm going to get in and, you know, send this around to uncle and dad. That is a little different than sending it to co-workers, something that is inappropriate. Um, but yeah, that that is certainly close, but not the co-workers. So for the rest of the folks, have they have they snatched the phone and they didn't, you know, try to pull some prank and send it to your care maid or your children or your mom and that sort of thing. Saying, go, 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 I tricked them. They thought you were gay for about 30 seconds. Uh, did they send it to your coworkers where you could be fired for this or, you know, whatever else? Uh, they said this white fella who had the jackass who stole his phone. He got suspended for a week. I don't know if that was with pay or without, whether this was like a paid vacation type of a thing, but where this could have happened, they send out something unprofessional, inappropriate, and you lose a week's salary type of a thing. Anybody out there, has your phone been hijacked? And then they wrote to your coworkers, let us know if you have endured this. Number again is 605-313-5164. The code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate much obliged z's mom other folks um Beth, can i ask one more question can i ask a question please question, let's hear it um what would be a good w- way for um like a child to discuss their school place racism like should they call neutralizing workplace racism or should they call on saturdays i just wanted to know the appropriate like forum to discuss it for sure uh man i i I think for years i think we've pretty much went with because we already talked about school we already talked about school today uh with the young lady where she was having problems with the exam we've heard that before young academic and others uh, but I think for years, I pretty much just stated that school is work. So uh, we certainly, you know, educators, you uh, included, have dialed in to talk about the 
educator component. I think for students, that's your job. So, yeah, I think workplace racism, it would certainly be appropriate. And then it would also be certainly welcome for the Saturday compensatory call in because that's just kind of a review of what what has happened over the week. So school, that's for sure something that happens. So either uh, it would it's definitely workplace racism because that's her job. And then it would certainly be welcome Saturday, too. Okay, thank you. For sure. Uh, man, hopefully triumphs for young Z, even though sad on the one hand, like, oh, that's awful. She's got <laughs> reports to give at 12. Like, uh, we did hear about the Sizzler last week, though, so eh, doesn't get any better than Tacky. Uh, but, man, to have parents, attempted parents who, you know, are there to talk to you so you can understand why these things are happening like now. They know you are a vegan. They have never seen you eating Popeyes, drumsticks, roast beef sandwiches, corned beef, St. Patrick's Day, right? Get our Irish. Uh, They've never seen you eating any of that. They know you don't do flesh. What do they do? Give you a gift certificate to the Sizzler. Picture of a ribeye on the front of him till you and we go go have a good time. Like that racist so you can Oh I see because they do know. I mean, we're in California. There are vegan places everywhere, so it would have been easy for them to hook me up with vegan donuts. Ribeye steak. Hmm. Brilliant. Have a parent who can hook you up with, yeah, who can hook you up with a vegan brownies. Like, don't worry about it. And that is racism. That is racism. That's why we're trying to solve this problem. Alrighty. Let's see. Uh, other folks who dialed in, commentary to share. If your phone has been stolen, let us know. Hello. Our caller in Georgia. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Um, good evening, everyone. Hope everyone's having the best evening they can have. No, my phone's never been stolen or taken from me. Um, I you, But I also used to have, like, the minimum phone needed. I don't have the fancy Galaxy, I, whatever. So probably no one wants to touch it anyway, which is fine. Um it does what I needed to do. Um, the young lady who wasn't passing the exams, I guess I'm kind of concerned because I don't know the context of that. I just know she's not passing exams and she has test anxiety. Um, I would need to hear what more she's doing to combat that because, I mean, six times is a lot. And I just took a practice exam because she said it wasn't art. I mean, of course, I didn't pass. Art's not my thing, but I did get 40, and if I had trusted my instincts, I would have got at least half the questions right. So, um, but then again, I'm different when it comes to tests. So, but that was kind of concerning. Like, I don't know where her friends are, whoever to help her to get this together. I guess that's, I kind of thought about that. Like, where are your friends, honey? Why do they let you fail this test? So obviously, you need some help. Um, 
but and also the school that she went to when you you know teach you usually have to be get a bachelor's degree and what preparation did they not have because they know when you graduate in education everybody has to go take the particular test in their field so i i don't know what happened which she couldn't can't do that and if not um there's always corporate training which pays more and has less stress. So good luck to her. Um, the young lady that was in business, again, we have another black person in business. So I'm, I'm just trying to feed my family or I'm not in it for the big bucks. Well, when you're going to work your, that's a lot of hard work just to do what you can get from a job and have less stress. Um, I'm not saying, I hope she does stay in business and seems like she did some things to make sure she would stay afloat. But if I'm personally, if I'm going to go into business for myself, I need to do more than just feed my family. I need a vacation. I need to be able to get to programs like this. And I'm not able to do that now and have a business. But I mean, personally, need some bigger goals. I guess that wasn't the focus of that sex of that. But I, I don't know. I think, I don't know if we're quote-unquote, afraid to what they say, dream big or whatever, but I'm going to need some bigger goals. If I'm going to work hard and have those payroll responsibilities and legal responsibilities and potential HR suits, and I'm going to need more than just feed my family. But that's just me. Um, my job was pretty quiet this week. I finally had my review on Tuesday. Um, it went fine. No big issues. And then the next work day I went with, because I didn't work the day after the review, then my next work day, um, I got a little award. I don't know if she gave it to everybody, but I know I got one. And she said during the review that there was something that she had wanted me to improve on. But I guess she had spoke, probably in passing, it's something she had spoke about it earlier. So she said, I wanted to talk to you about it, but you already seem to make the changes to be improving. So... I guess I don't have anything to say on that. So I do try to listen, especially to the technical stuff. And most of the managers are pretty good that I've had, especially when it comes to the technical thing, technical aspects of the job. So I've been able to follow them and have some success. And, again, um, part of the review was how you get along with your peers. So I had good reviews with that. And so she was just like, you know, keep it up. And like I said, it's pretty uneventful. And that's it. Thanks. Love it. I always love the uneventful week. It was boring. Nothing happened. I didn't get fired. Cursed at. Beaten. Boring week on the planet. Love it. Love it. Got all my nickels. Everything that was supposed to happen happened. Psh, nothing to report. Uh, so the young lady who was having the difficulties with the exam where it's $160 per time. I think she talked about having to take it six times. Uh, so this is Ashley Raina Thompson, black female. She attended the Art Institute of Charlotte and the Art Institute of Washington DC. So do you do you think there could be 
a problem. I don't know how familiar you are with these institutions. I don't know anything about either of them. Um, do you think there could be a problem with these institutions if she's attending, paying them money, presumably, or at least investing her time and energy to attend? And then after completion, she's not able to pass these exams the first time or at least the second time. Well, I would think so, depending on what her degree is. Now, she went to an art institute. She may have just been going for design or something as opposed to going to a traditional school where you major in education and your specialty is art, where they would definitely have to prepare you. So I don't know how the art, how an art institute would work, per se, versus, you know, going to Savannah State Design, which is a popular, I think it's a well-known school. And, you know, design includes some kind of art and things like that. But it's, I know it's, you know, people, a lot of people go there and get edu- for formal education or just going to, you know, a normal, a traditional school with an education major. So I, I don't under, again, I don't know how that institute will work, but if there was some desire or an education specialty, you would have to know that. And even, I guess, you know, she seemed, I mean, if you've taken this test six times and not passed, and your, your principal says, oh, I wish she was here. No, you you have to do more than just say, I wish she was here. I mean, there has to be some kind of study cohort or something. I I I just don't know. I know when you take the seat, when I went to school for accounting, they drill CPA exam, CPA exam, CPA exam, go take these classes. Now, in the county schools, it's built, those classes are built into the program, CPA exam, CPA exam, CPA exam, and I'm CPA. So I don't know. We see you. Hmm. All I'm ignorant about most things, certainly how the art institutes uh, work, but that does seem logical. Um, and that is a good point. I don't know if the art institutes, do they train you to be able to pass these exams or are they just more into the design component of it? Or I, I have no idea that would be a good question. That would be something to make sure you consider before you start all of this, like knowing kind of what, what you think you want to do. And even just keeping that in mind that if I go the art institute route, am I going to be limited you know, if I decide that I get out and want to give teaching a whirl for a little while, depending on how things are going, and oop, I can't do that if I do the end. Just I, I don't know if that's true or not, but just that is something to make sure you are aware of uh, these what exams you might need to be able to pass. Do you have the skills to be able to do this? If not, is this something that you're going to be able to uh, acquire? Because that seems like a big pay difference. Uh, when you are not certified, which is often there. We've heard that before, young academic. And that's a great point about the tests, resources, all of that. I know young academic, he talked about that uh, as well and studying and all the rest of it and still having uh, less than desirable results where you don't, you don't pass, have to take it again. Man, they even have data showing that that anxiety just bringing up the fact that you are classified as not white that can contribute to anxiety for some victims of racism before they even take the test they have studies on this where 
if they mention, oh, you're a non-white person, you're Negro. All right, let's get ready for the exam. As opposed to if they do not mention that, much less all the financial ramifications of your score on this test and all the rest of it. So there'd be a lot of mental health. There'd be a lot of things about, yes, let's see if we can change the way that we go into approaching this exam. And even the whole, even that, the whole test taking experience, those things are, are valid, but Man, you can get exemptions where I don't know how if this is a, ta- a timed exam, but if this is like a two hour, you have two hours to do this test or what have you, you can go and get exemptions and what have you and end up getting four hours, which can do a lot if you have anxiety and have to take time to calm yourself, those type of things. So it can be a lot in terms of just information to know resources to help you do well with these tests, your career back to taking tests again that's why i say for z's mom school is always welcome here because that is the job uh neutralizing workplace racism much obliged to our caller in georgia the number again 605-313-5164 the code 564-9464 pound press star six one if you would like to participate great point as well from our caller in Georgia where we have heard that a few times of late black people going into business and saying that they are not trying to make as much money as possible that's not the goal and just a few nickels here and there uh, where again having whatever humanitarian goals greater goals replace white supremacy with justice that is all great but you go into business to make money. Very important. Uh, let's see. They even had a report. I just saw this week where so many white people, I think they use the word disproportionate. There's such a disproportionately high number of white people in nonprofits. It is difficult for non-white people to start a non-profit and make any money because there are too many white people doing this. White people, they go into everything to practice racism and then to make some money uh, on the side if possible. They even do this with non-profits to go in and aggressively make money. They even have schemes where, oh, yeah, you really are trying to hoard money and not pay taxes. Get a non-profit like all those types of old, you know, schemes and what have you. Different way of think. Say that all the time. White people do not think the way that non-white people do at all. Uh, let's see. me sneak in one email and then we'll get the rest of the folks who dialed in thank you all for your patience email is until justice at gmail.com I didn't even play there was so many reports this week boundless one that I did not play shortage of nurses they talked about the fake nurses and all that before Uh, shortage of nurses they said this is just going to get worse I even you are going to hear a whole lot about this problem probably for at least the next 15 years because you've got an aging white population silver tsunami they're retiring and all the rest of it and the nursing shortage so you've got growing number of people who are going to need nurses and a lack of the like oh man it's going to be awful just totally awful probably for a long time 
until like some major changes happen or whatever the case may be. Uh, but this is being talked about. That was one of the reports I did not play. We have nurses, many of them, who listen to the cows. Vegan RD, she writes in regularly. I did send that report to her. She wrote back. She said, there's a major shortage in nursing everywhere. Unfortunately, there are also fake nurses out there, too. I don't work by the bedside. I knew I could not handle the pressure of it after I did my clinical training during nursing school. I saw the amount of nurses and the patients needs and it did not equate to enough staffing. I went to three different hospitals. One was in a white neighborhood. The staffing was better. The facility was well lit and they had more resources. Duh. Remember that's I play the sound clip from, uh, Flipping Sanford and said, I read a report, Dr. Welsing talking about Sanford and Son from like 15, 20 years ago. Anyway, Sanford and Son has the clip where he says, uh, all the best doctors go to white schools, white doctor. She continues, uh, the white facilities have better lighting and staff and cookies and everything else. Toilet paper too. The facility in the non-white neighborhood was poorly lit, less resources, less staffing. The patient seemed more ill and the toilet paper was rougher. The last hospital was in a neighborhood that had different racists. It was as bad as the non-white hospital. This made me want to stay at my current job and specialize in psychiatry. It's slower pace in the outpatient clinics and my coworker who I work with currently advise that I go outpatient and bypass working on the inpatient unit due to burnout. I'm glad I made that choice. The likelihood of burnout in this position is much lower than working in a medical hospital or an inpatient psychiatric unit much obliged for her writing I totally forgot to set this up uh, accurately where I did give it for the most part I just left out that they were including that burnout is a problem for a number of nurses because of the staffing shortages you end up with people working ridiculous shifts overworked having way as she just said you have way too many duties obligations versus the number of people that you have available burnout working people to death literally that also is something to think about before you having someone give you that information about oh wait a minute you might want to you know avoid being in that hospital scenario like e that's going to uh, uh, don't do that that's the sort of thing like just trying to research as much as you can and as early as possible about your field, talking to people who are there, uh, who do different types of work in your field so you can get a sense of the variety of options that you'll have, problems that you might run into, that you will run into. So you can already be thinking of ways to minimize how much of an issue they will be for you, but just thinking of all of that as early as you can so that this stuff does not, huh? 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 Oh my God, I'm about to be like, nope, 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 nope. 
I knew about this way in advance. That's how I have crafted my career in such a manner. That's the way that we want to try to function with our careers. And that's the way that we want to try to equip our children to function. Z's mom, Bay Area mom, folks who are modeling that. We've had a number of folks throughout the years who do that. But you got to talk to your children honestly about racism and racism on the job specifically to do that very important that's something that non-white people have not always done and apparently large numbers of non-white people have failed to do this for generations uh, number is 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see, and again, so anybody has anyone ever stolen your phone, sent inappropriate material of any sort to your coworkers? Has this ever happened? Do not be a spectator. Let us know. Other folks who are with us, proceed. Hello, Mabby Heard, can you hear me? Irie in Louisiana. Yes, ma'am. Hotel. I have not had my phone stolen. I'm uh, very grateful. I've never had a phone lost at all, actually. Um, so no, um, I was calling to listen in and I was thinking about sharing, um, some good news as far as my business, uh, endeavors. I'm several steps closer to getting my trademark approved. Um, did a lot of due diligence and, um, got a book from a series, I think all Victims of racism should have NOLO. They have several um, self-help guides for law. And the books I have are on trademark, copywriting, and patents. So I use that and some YouTube uh, videos to complete my application. And sometime either today or tomorrow, I'm going to be done with the last phase of proving to the trademark office that I have actually used my trademark in commerce. And then once they approve it, I'll get my certificate and I'll be able to put the R in the circle behind my brand, air quotes, because we know that's the um, term of racism, branding. Or should I say, I'll be able to put that behind my business, um, my business signature. Um, I have a ripoff report, and it's so funny that um, it's about the Art Institute. So the person that whoever, I, I came very late, and I just heard something about certifications and the Art Institute. I went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh online while I was... um I believe 
in the military. And then once I got out and was living in Illinois, I went to a different art institute in person for uh, for SEO to add to my my learning as a graphic designer. Both art institutes lost their accreditation and the student loans that I had gotten to go to the school after I got out of the military was was wiped out. It was totally taken off of my, I guess, student credit history because it had lost its accreditation. I found out that credits from the Art Institute um, didn't transfer to the other school that I ended up going to. There's no training to prepare anyone for certification. You'd have to do that, or I found out I would have to do that on my own through uh, Adobe, or for instance, I wanted to get certified as basically uh, a professional user, uh, what they would call at the time a master user, air quotes, term of racism, for uh, the suite for both um, both for, you know, computer programs. That would have been an additional cost. They teach. Um, okay, so it depends on the so-called professor or instructor you get. And most of the time they call the teachers instructors anyway. They're not truly professors. Um, these are probably people that don't have more than a bachelor themselves half the time. Um, they probably don't have any certification. And to end it, the Art Institute is a, it's a franchise college. It's a chain. Might as well be going to McDonald's or, or what is it? McDonald's University. It's a for profit. So they have minimal cost. With, with maximum gain. That's that piece, and I hope that has elucidated on whatever that student is experiencing. I say uh, find another institution. She'd probably do better going to a community college and investigating the certifications through either the community colleges, because I know that they do a lot of bridging with other like certification programs, especially when it comes to graphic design too, because it's kind of still considered a trade partially. Either that or just self-teach and get the certification because frankly, my dear, hate to tell you, most people don't care if you have a bachelor. They want to know that you know what you're doing and a certification will be the best way to prove that. And I'll mute my line. Much obliged, Irie. Uh, so at least out of our cohort here, uh, though admittedly it seems many of us do not have uh, diamond-encrusted, sparkly new iPhones, but that notwithstanding, we have not had our phones nabbed. Uh, and then whoever the culprit is to go through our text messages or what have you or contacts and send them all sorts of inappropriate material. Uh, we've not had that thus far. 
just to family members. Also inappropriate, but uh, the number is 605-313-5164, the code 564-943-POUND, press star 61 if you would like to participate. Crazy. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, the what she shared, Irie in Louisiana about the you call it the Art Institute. Uh, her experience, if her experience is more widespread, where they don't particularly prepare you to pass these certifications, uh, so that you can go out if you want to teach that type of a thing, uh, that might be what happened with the uh, Miss Thompson. Uh, the young lady that we heard about uh, in North Carolina because she went to two different art institutes that might be and then she's taken this test six times and has yet to pass it that could be again what Irie just told us you want to get that information really before you even decide I'm going to do this art institute or that arts institute even if you're in the military I'd say maybe even especially then because you got limited time and energy so man I don't want to be wasting time and then find out like what this school is bogus what my credits don't trend what I wasted all that man come on come on that's don't waste non-white people's time and energy. Say that all the time. Racists love to do that. Just waste and waste and waste. Like what? I gotta take all that up. What? What? And the double whammy. And I'm still not prepared to pass the certification. Like dang, I gotta do that on my. Ugh. And that's more money. You had that sound clip two times. More money you get to pay. You got to pay another white person to come and train you on this software or whatever else that you are lacking your deficiencies because you've not been well trained. They are so skilled uh, at doing it. Like I said, if you want to do the Art Institute, you just want to be very informed from the beginning. I'm not going to be equipped to pass that certification this is what I'm doing to compensate for that if you know I choose to go that route I'm already working to make sure that I fill in those gaps in advance so that that's not a problem that's the way and any other deficiencies that might be looming as a result of I went the art institute route as opposed to I think it was our caller in Georgia where she was saying as opposed to you go to uh, whatever college uh, state university uh, and specialize in art design where they will I think she said in some programs they have included how you prep for that certification in their program that maybe you don't need that. The certification is not in your future the way you have, you know, visioned your career. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe you do need that just even as an option, secondary option, right? Just something where you want to have all that information in advance. You can think about it and make great decisions to sculpt your career uh, and never too late it's best to have that early but I mean hey even later on in your career at minimum I can start doing that so I can be more informed and make better decisions how I operate with my career uh, let's see 
I was checking one of the emails. I have to, uh, I have to go through and read it. It's lengthy. They said I would have to edit. I have to go through and check to see if I can, how I can divvy it up to share it for us. Let's see. Other folks who dialed in, number again, 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. I guess shame on me. Really, we had two episodes of Workplace Racism this week. We had uh, Fragrance Harris Stanfield on the program at the very top of the week. She was in the Tops store during the massacre. It does not get more workplace racism than that. What she shared with us was even important for all of it, really, but her daughter was there, too. What she shared with us was important because she said the emergency exit, she couldn't operate it by herself. The latch, I haven't seen the door, thankfully, but the way I guess the latch operated, there had to be someone larger to actually get it to open so that they could get out the emergency exit. That is not the sort of information that you want to find out at the moment a white terrorist bursts into the facility hunting, killing as many black people as possible. That is not the time you want to discover, oh dang, I can't reach the emergency latch. Do they have a they got any more of those milk crates? Did they take all those for the challenge? Do they have a, a stool? Can we get... Is tall Ned, is he working today? Oh, he got shot already. Oh, man. We're going to be stuck. <laughs> that is not... I'm laughing, but I mean, that is not funny at all. And I mean, she said that. She said she they had to have someone else to reach the door because she could... I'm like, man, come on. Come on. You do not want to have that be the time where I don't know whether... Do we have an emergency? exit if something happens to how do we she said now they got lots of exits at the tops right you just let's talk about all this in advance I've said that I've said that really the whole time since the Rona because they've had so many sh- I don't really think about tops as a workplace shooting but I mean dang Aaron Salter uh, senior is working in the line of fire literally died on the job I don't think about that as a workplace shooting, but I mean, yeah, workplace shooting killed an employee. Other employees had to run for their life. I said that for years, I would take those sort of take the top shooting as well. Show that to your employer. What are we have we done enough to ensure workplace safety? Emergency exits. Did you hear that? She said she couldn't even access the latch can we we make sure everyone can access if it's just them i don't need any help if everyone else has been incapacitated or they don't make it you know to the emergency exit they were stupid and they ran the wrong way if i'm here by myself i can get the door open to exit the building to save my life or whatever it is if it's uh maybe you work on the 34th floor maybe 
and you got to go, you know, they got an emergency elevator or whatever, or uh, emergency stairwell or whatever it is, whatever it is, I can exit this building. If my life is on the line, I can get out of here without any help. There is no door where it's, uh oh, we need three people to get this door open. Need three people to get this window open. Like, eh, mm, I know where the emergency exits are unless there's an earthquake or something like that. And the building is, you know, knocked to smithereens, that sort of thing. If things are operating, power goes out, crazy white killer, whatever it is, I can bang, open that door, get out. I know where it is. Boom, 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 boom. That should be. And we've had drill. We've talked about this. We've examined. I'm not confused about how to save my life in the event of some sort of violence in the workplace. Very important. I certainly could not forget that was just this week. Man, workers at tops. Workplace racism. And even being alert because some of the workers did say that they saw him, not Grady Lewis, obviously he's not an employee, but uh, he was thrown out of the store. Some of the workers did see him and he looked out of place. Be observant, especially if you have a job where patron, even your coworkers, a lot of times workplace violence is from your other coworkers, but be observant about your workplace surroundings. Are these people looking okay? Are they looking like they're upset under the influence? Anything, any, any sort of deviation from the way that they normally present. Be mindful of that. Say something. Alert others. Very important. Uh, you do not just want to be kind of mindlessly going about your day around others in your work environment and not really paying attention to these people who are around you, who could be armed, angry, plotting God knows what. Uh, Let's see. Other folks who dialed in, uh, if you have commentary to share, let us know if your phone has been hijacked for hijinks. Star 6-1, if you would like to participate. Uh, Other people with a hand up, proceed. Can I be heard? Bay Area Mom. Yes, ma'am. Um, thank you for taking the call. Um, I've never had my phone taken um, from anybody. Uh, maybe a kid has gotten my phone, <laughs> but no one's ever taken it to where any of my information was compromised. Great to call it. Um, well, you didn't. Uh, I came in on the last clip. I think that clip was um, the uh, the North Carolina. Um, the lady, uh, the teacher, that was having a complicated time taking her exam, and um, and I guess I get it because you have to wait like thirty days or close to 30 days to retake it. So I'm sure that is uh, got to be awful. And I guess you could be a substitute teacher until you pass the test, but then you can only work so many, you know, days a month. So um, this, that's not, I, I don't think that is here. That, that, 
that. Um, well, probably because they they have different um, credentials that way versus this. Um, I, I, poor thing. I'm sure that's and they know we're under a lot of pressure too in North Carolina. Um, so I think they um set on a lot of us not being able to maintain when they implement these new um. System rules or more uh, things that you have to do in order to maintain. Um, hopefully, she'll be able to focus uh, and um, study, super study until she's able to get it. Because I, I, I think the credentials last a, a few years, so hopefully, or uh, hopefully she'll get it. I. I Oh dear, that 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 sucks. And um, even with the teacher striking, okay, because you, I didn't hear the clip about the Los Angeles teachers. Um, but uh, I, I'm a product of Los Angeles Unified School District because that's where I got my best education. <laughs> um, I, I I bet they're going on strike. I would too. I would too. Um, because everything's so they 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 implement all these new things, and then you got you have to get these shots. And a, a, a lot of times, it because I know the teacher that I work with, he's on his fourth or fifth booster, whatever number, whatever the up to date number uh, for the boosters, he's up to date. And he went a couple months ago and got that up to date uh, booster. So. The pressures of that and then whatever, being educators, they know and however they feel about the changes. Um, that was a great the area school systems. Yeah. Anyway. Um, at my, okay, my workplace racism. Um or I'll share it just from my week, just this week. So we had um, black, I guess we're doing black history in March. I don't know who, I guess now that I think about it, it's the teacher, it's the teacher that I visit. I um, um, uh, integrate a little Asian boy in her general education class from special education. So we do science in her class, and I'm going to do math and learning with him in class well. Um, she's the one that normally perform, I guess, normally does whatever this black history stuff is. But I did hear a couple of weeks ago saying she's tired of all this black stuff. She's tired of all this black stuff. She's an excellent instructor. Excellent instructor. Uh She's been in the military. Uh, um, she's older than me. Um, she's just great at her 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 um, craft. She's great at teaching. She's an excellent instructor, and I enjoy being in a class when I'm there. Um, she was stating that yesterday she stated, because this is when this performance was yesterday, so the children, you know, the younger children memorized their uh their stuff, maybe the first grade 
kindergarten, second grade. They're so they were real cute. They memorized their little stuff. The higher grades, they were all reading from papers. They did not memorize it. They just looked at the paper. They weren't as interested in it um, or invested. And with the black lady, I guess not um, orchestrating it. It it had to wait till March and just that kind of stuff. But she just kept saying she's tired of all this black stuff. She's tired of everything. Black this, black history, black this, black and black. She's just tired of all of that. So she said she wasn't participating in it, but she did notice that the older kids didn't, they was read, They were reading from paper. And the younger children had memorized their stuff. So they'll always remember what they memorized versus the children that read from the paper. That went in the trash. And they went back to, you know, norm, their normal routine. So, um... She's, uh, she, she shared that with me yesterday, so um, she just said that she's just tired of that, uh, just the refined racism. She's just tired of it, and then everybody acting like nobody knows what's going on. And she said, you know, she's not trying to complain or anything. She just wasn't going to do it this year with that uh, presentation. And um, But, you know, of course she was there because she's a teacher, but she didn't put it on. And it looked like it. It was uh, it was that we were there from eight thirty at least till ten, and that was a long time, especially for our children, just sitting there. And it was it was a lot. Um, as I was standing there in this uh, assembly yesterday, um, a teacher. I think her she's a uh, art teacher. Her mother is. Kind of white, and um, her dad is Japanese, maybe in Hawaiian. And um, did she have a baby with a white guy? She was stating that um, the principal doesn't really speak to her. <laughs> she says, The principal, I say hi, and such, she just like, ah. <laughs> so. She said, watch this. And then the, the principal's friend, which is a lady that's multi-purpose all around the school. She does everything. And stuff. She said, uh, hi, let's 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 just walk right past her. She said, so uh, another Caucasian teacher that's been there for a while, very aggressive teacher, she uh, said, hi, Miss such and such. And Miss such and such. And then told this lady that was standing there, stuff, if you want to sit down, you can have my seat. And then uh, the lady said, uh, the one that was talking to me, she's like, good morning to you, too. Hope you have a great day. She said, you see? I just shook my head. Um, like, to say no, because that, that was just sad. But the day before, which was Wednesday, she was just stating how they don't speak the white instructors. And it's not a lot of... It's more, the dominant is white instructors. Uh, there's, I'm telling you, there's two black people at the school, and that's the one that didn't do the uh, program, and another lady that does, um, sometimes she'll sub, like she subbed today. But um, she's um, early childhood intervention. So uh, those are only two black people at the school, aside of me. 
And um, I'm not at the school. I'm just there at default. So it's just interesting for other people to speak out against the, the racism. The Spanish lady yesterday was stating how, just out of the blue, just how rude some of the white people are. The white um, staff principal, she doesn't see anything. You know, if she complains about it, you know, if she does her job, she's just a little yard lady. So maybe whatever going on on the yard, she oversees and supervises a few hours a day. You know, you know but it's, it's great. And I appreciate her. So... When she says stuff, oh, you, you complain about too much stuff. So, you know, and then it's the white lady because she's now working in the classroom versus on the yard. She doesn't even speak to the Spanish lady anymore. She um, acts like she doesn't see her, and their children went to middle school together. Now they're about to graduate high school, just that kind of thing. And she was just saying, I just don't understand why she's acting so brand new. And so... um that's, uh, oh, today, so a little, uh, we have a lot of lock. We've had our doors locked in since, you know, the shooting um, in Texas. Well, that school has had their, their first, first place that, you know, just locked everything up. Um, I opened the door for this little boy. He was going through the hall, and, and I opened the door so that they just, Teacher was asking him, Asian teacher asking him, you know, did you say thank you to her? Did you tell her thank you for opening the door? And he's looking at me now. He's like, are you African-American? So I said, am I African-American? Yeah, I said, well, because I was, I, I, I'm not answering, but I said, well, I, I think that's what they're calling me now. I, I, I'm not sure, but I think that's what they're calling me. So then he started talking about something else, <laughs> just some little stuff. But that threw me off because I don't know. They cut. They changed our name so much. I don't know what I had to figure out what to say when someone asked me in my African. And thank you for taking my call. I will mute my line. Man, context of white supremacy indeed. Little fellas, are you African American? No, they said is it colored or Negro? Nigger? I don't African American? See I don't I don't I'm not really sure. <laughs> Definitely not white. Definitely. Definitely, definitely not white. African Like even, is this a setup? Is this like the punchline of a racist joke or something? (laughs) You're not going to get me, man. Get out of here. She said the other non-white people were coming to voice their reports of mistreatment about the white people. Now that is interesting. I would recommend uh, that none of us take that as a cue to launch into our they come to us and oh man these white people don't speak to me I get brand new up here doing all that I would not take that as my cue 
Don't you get me started on white. These crackers been running around like same thing. You have no idea who's listening. You don't even know if this is a setup or whatever the case. You could even. Hmm. Wow. What do you think that is? If you want to ask questions, but I would not, you know, have you read Neely Fuller Jr.? Let me take you to his website. And, and, and. I would not recommend that at all. Um, I'm not surprised, though, to, to hear that. It is mildly that she would launch into her thing. White people don't even speak to me. Look here, look here, look here. Hi, Joanne. So good to see you. Man. <laughs> to give the, the immediate live demonstration. Like, see? See what I mean? See? 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 Nasty winches. <laughs> wow. That's, I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even then, I'm still not Neely Fuller Jr. ProduceJustice.com. Get that book like, and eh, eh, eh. Um, the, she said the black instructor who I guess she normally does whatever the Black History Month project is, and eh, not doing that. Just get tired. These folks uh, going around here being refined about all of this. Tired of this black stuff. Not doing that this year. No way. That happens to so many black people in a variety of workplaces where we don't even make sure. And she said this is a brilliant instructor, right? I don't think she said she was some lazy affirmative action, no count, you know, educator that's not what she said i thought she said this is brilliant instructor great at her job racism totally destroys your motivation why work hard they don't care about this black stuff or these black instructors which we've heard week after week what's the point why am i even i'm cool let's just move forward and i totally understand that's what all of this is designed for and that's not ignorance that's not you know we are ignorant about racism and so we appreciate and are grateful really to have an informed competent instructor take time to come in and share some tidbits about our African Americans and their amazing contributions so that we can be a little bit better to these little colored children here ignorant mm-hmm. uh, the I actually did not include an audio report about the LA Unified District strike uh, the teacher strike um, I talked about it though verbally and saying there were so many there was such a plethora of reports I could have we could have been doing audio reports forever uh, but I talked about that uh, and saying man they didn't go into as much detail because I'm not a product nor my California educator. But yes, I can totally understand with everything they have uh, endured and the COVID shutdowns and all the rest of it. Like, yes, lots of educators have been very frustrated uh, about all of this over the last three years or so. Have to see how all of that unfolds uh, down in L.A. Uh, incident, speaking of being a teacher, she talked about the segment. Again, we were talking about uh, Miss Thompson. That's the black female in North Carolina art teacher where she was uh, failing to pass the test and it cost her. So she was saying, you can go back and be a sub. You can. But she talked about Miss Thompson, that the cost of that is 
$15,000 annually less now that she is not paid like a regular certified instructor uh, to do these art classes now that she's paid like a substitute that is a hit of I think she said about $1,400 per month equates to about $15,000 per year less ouch Uh, let's see other folks who dialed in uh, and incidentally all that no speaking that is so common in the system of white supremacy racism I would still speak I would not have it be something where because you have been going in as she demonstrated and you know hey good morning Joanna good to see you now I go in and don't talk to me nope that's not my suggestion I'm not speaking to get a response from anybody on the job that's not why I'm doing this at all this professional courtesy I'm with these people 40 hours a week and I do not want it to be said that I come on the job and am a mute don't part my lips no way I speak to everyone and every day acknowledge morning Joanna morning Tom good to see you Richard speak to everybody speak to the students too you know speak to everybody every day them not speaking that is of no concern and if anything hopefully that will stick out where other people say dang she is so kind she just comes through and says good morning good afternoon every day and people just ignore act like she's not even here like that's so rude what's wrong with you all get it straighten up speak to her not that we're banking on that either but just saying it's you know we're not we're not speaking to people to get them to give us a high five pat on the back none of that this is just how you are supposed to pro function in a professional work environment not going to have you make me be rude and then you flip it around and say oh my god who is this old sassy negro come in here and not speak to anybody won't be here she's too good to talk nah, nah, nah. not going to pull that one on me get on out of here uh, much obliged Bay Area mom number again 605-313-5164 the code 564 four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate uh, let's see other folks who dialed in with a hand up if you have commentary to share proceed folks are getting taking a moment to get some of their thoughts observations together uh, email again until justice at gmail.com uh, we should be here tomorrow for the compensatory call in same time 8 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific we'll review what's gone down last week or so uh, on the plantation uh, I guess via Z's mom certainly if you have uh, offspring issues at school 
always welcome, I guess, either or. That is certainly the workplace, uh, whatever happens in school. So they would always be welcome uh, for neutralizing workplace racism. And then that would also qualify for, you know, what happened this week on the compensatory call in because workplace incidents are always welcome there as well. Uh, But we'll be here tomorrow for all of that. Uh, You can also stay tuned. Hopefully we'll be able to continue getting some more uh, content from Buffalo, making sure we do not forget the tops shooting uh, and what that reveals about what it means to be classified as white, the system of white supremacy, racism in general. And again, that was for sure an incident of workplace racism. Absolutely. Workplace terrorism, really. Anywho, uh, make sure folks share the program. Other victims of racism, white supremacy, non-white people, uh, especially if you think they may benefit from a suggestion or three about what to do, what not to do in the workplace, uh, things to say, things not to say to help minimize problems on their job Uh, you can share it on social media all the rest of it uh, if you think it would benefit victims of racism let's see other folks are there folks who had a hand up that we missed totally certainly I hope there are no folks spectating if you had your phone stolen and the culprit went through mailed out all kinds of, you know, zany content to your colleagues, workplace colleagues. Uh, make sure you are not just hanging back, Shh. tight-lipped. If you have experienced that, we want to get that on the record. Uh, other folks with a hand up that we missed totally, commentary to share. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, thank you for taking my call. Greetings to you, Gus. Uh, greetings to the callers and the listeners. Um, for one, answer your question. No, my phone has never been stolen um, and used for um, pernicious reasons as such. Um, I've never actually heard about anybody that I know personally that it happened to. Um, I just want to make a comment um, on the um, clip that had to do with the Art Institute. I myself as well are, <clears throat> am a victim of racism. Um, and I do artwork as well. Um, I myself and other victims were scammed, I guess you could say scammed or taken advantage of at the uh, um, American Academy of Art in Chicago. Uh, they were a two-year trade school up until the mid-90s. So we were told that they were a four-year school. They had changed the policy. We go to four years, get a degree. Um, we did such. Uh, we got the degrees, and then we were told by other schools that we were trying to go to to get our master's or, high, you know, higher education that it wasn't worth the paper that it was printed on, direct quote. Um, I did not know, you know, to do the extra research on the different accreditation specifics that other higher schools, you know, doctors, masters take when you're trying to transfer after your bachelor's. So I would definitely just, you know, um, say be on the lookout you know, do all your research when it comes to what kind of accreditation the, you know, the Institute has as well as if they have it. Um, we did try to um, launch a class action lawsuit, but since it was 
a private college, not a city college or university, we couldn't do it. So I'm still stuck with a huge debt known as student loans. Um, yeah, that was it. Thank you for your time. Wow. Wasting, stealing non-white people's time and energy. No one does it better. Mm. Yes? Yes, sir. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Um, I'm at the plantation. I just wanted to add, too, um, um, for getting assistance, especially in the art field, art, coding, anything that has to do with graphic design or design work. I myself have um, it's $155 for the yearly subscription. It's called Skillshare. They have tens of thousands of classes with one-on-one instruction. Then you're able to take that and go and get your certificates because, as Ari said, they're really not looking for um, degrees anymore. It's just what you know and can you pass the test. They even do coding and all kind of stuff. So uh, that's um, Skillshare.com. Thank you, sir. Skillshare.com. Is that the correct site? Skillshare.com. Yes, sir. It's thirteen ninety nine a month or one fifty five for the year. Um, I'm take I'm taking um Photoshop right now and um and um um I'm sorry, a Blender three D graphic program for animation. They have thousands of programs on there. So yes, Skillshare dot com. Thank you. Awesome, love it, love it. Skillshare dot com. Now see uh color at the courthouse in Florida he talked about that old lame race soldier white woman who was there and she doesn't know how to use uh, Photoshop uh, so they went and grabbed a black male and said look here Leroy I want you to write up a letter anybody who knows how to use Photoshop tell them come on back here and help out this good kindly lovely white woman she needs a little helping hand man get you a Skillshare subscription and stop uh, molesting black employees and begging folks to come around and give you a tutorial on the cheap, man. Come on. Come on. <sighs> Goofy. Um, so n- now we got a pattern. Look at that. Not only one great reasons do your diligence in advance so you can properly sculpt your career. Check out those accreditations. Will I have all the tools I need? Any certification that I might need advance my career? Am I going to get that if I attend this institute? Pay all this money. Spend all this time. You want to know all that in advance. Where are the folks who graduated from this here institute? What are they doing? Were you prepared? Did you need anything else? you feel like you were deficient or were you I hit the ground running they had me right I did what I was supposed to do and bang or they stole all of our money and we had to get to the whoa 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 (laughs) like whoa whoa seems like they do it don't you hear a whole lot of those old scams and we got the fake nurses and the, the, the fake art institute degree or even if it's not fake these credits don't transfer or you got the degree but he said they told yeah you got your degree but this thing isn't worth toilet paper lord have mercy mm, mm, mm. how much did you pay for the mm, 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 mm. boy 
they do a triple whammy on the Negro, don't they? Mm. Well, this is how much it'll cost, boy, for you to get a real certificate. That's the way they do us. Start from scratch. That's what they told young academics. Start from scratch. Do it all over. Mm. Talk to your children honestly about racism and really doing your diligence. How am I going to shape my career within the confines of white supremacy racism and trying to talk to people, uh, as many people as possible who have direct experience, what have you, and whatever endeavor it is that you're trying to do. Talk to them and ask lots of questions. Let's see. Still haven't nabbed anybody who's had their phone stolen and then they leaked contents to their co-workers. Hmm. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up. Proceed. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. This is Z's mom. I had a story, too, about the Art Institute. I uh, went to the Art Institute with a close associate um, to go for a tour because he was interested in doing audio engineering. And while we were in the tour, everything seemed so great. But I even I was very young at that time, but even then I, I have a big fear of debt. So I was researching it while I was in the while he was talking to the recruiter and I was like looking at it and I was like, This is ninety six thousand dollars I think I think it was ninety six thousand dollars for the total time or it might have been for one full year. And and I looked and you could get that same accreditation at a community college that I was attending at the time so I talked to my associate about it he's non-white and he ended up not going but would always bring it up as kind of like this big regret that he had that he should have gone and almost kind of blaming me for it because I would say maybe I was a little bit aggressive in trying to have him see that it wasn't a good place to be but I haven't talked to him since, but I would be interested in hearing his thoughts now that they've lost their accreditation. Um, and I agree with the previous caller, um, Skillshare and Udemy. And actually, with Udemy, you can actually get certification, um, especially if you're trying to do things like coding or software engineering. So um, there's a lot of different places where you can get information for a lot cheaper than going to like a school like the Art Institute. Um, I am like, I guess, a semi-professional artist and I learned basically through online and a lot of it was free or for very cheap. Um, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Great. Love it. Love it. Skillshare.com and then you uh Demi, uh, posting both of those on social media. People can check them out. Love it. You Demi skill share. Now see there. Look at that pattern. Look at that. Look at that. Get you these old bogus flim flam institutes. And I mean, ninety six thousand dollars. Jesus Christ. Are you serious? A hundred thousand dollars. And then 
whoops, to have somebody turn around and, oh, that's not worth toilet paper. I paid a hundred thousand. Yeah, you could have been better spending your hundred thousand dollars on toilet paper because that's not you. Yeah, you. Matter of fact, toilet paper would have been a better investment after we had that crisis. You'd have been way better off investing in toilet paper than this old flimflam degree. Now, how many hours of courses? Oh Lord, yeah, none of that's gonna transfer either. Mm-hmm. Could have just watched Netflix. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. I wonder what he thought was going to happen for that period of time where he was sitting around bitter and blaming you like, oh, Z's mom. That's what I say about these black females, always holding the black man back. I could have went, got me a degree and been certified and Kanye West would have had me on his art team. What did he think like was going to happen? Like he would have made some contacts or I wonder like, uh, hmm. I don't know. As she said, now that they've lost their accreditation, now it's like, oh, my God, I would have wasted all that money. And let me get her old sirloin gifts. (laughs) Show my appreciation that she saved me a few nickels, at least. Take that back. All those days I called her a coon who holding me back and keeping the brother down. (laughs) Get her get her two two gift certificates to the sizzler uh let's see i don't even know what to say about those old art because i don't know anything about i can't draw a straight line so i mean you know eh. uh but i mean dang like did that many black people get because we got to all of this just from that report about miss thompson in north carolina and that caller in georgia said something about that like man if you go to school you should be able to pass the exam which is true Uh, that's logical why am I paying all this money to then get out and I can't even advance in my career? Logical. That's the way we need to think. And I just looked. Where did she go to school? Art Institute. Two of them, in fact. Even that standard. Like, why do you need to go to two art institutes? One should be su- sufficient, right? Especially, that's even more damning. Like, you went to two and you can't pass the exam? Like, hmm. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, other folks who dialed in is two times Z's mummy. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in, if you have commentary to share, still looking. Has your cell phone phone been stolen and used for nefarious purposes? Let's see. We'll give folks a second to get their thoughts together. I'm going to just check to see, like, the Art Institute of Washington, D.C., since that's a place where they have a lot of black people. Are they? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I can't do <laughs> I needed that pause. That was why. <laughs> The folks were getting their thoughts together. Wow, that is amazing. All I can say is do a little research on everything. Mr. Fuller says that the only reason that we got all of this, all of these people sharing about their experience and being built or almost having a $100,000 stolen at the Art Institute was because 
that segment from Miss Thompson, she didn't even say where she went to school. She just said she was having all this trouble with the exam. Our caller in Georgia, she said, that's the only reason. Where did she go to school? Let's see. If they hadn't had that information, we wouldn't be here. They posted it. We get all of this. So I look, she went to the Art Institute of Washington, D.C. Permanently closed. Hmm. That would give me pause. I would have to see, like, why are they closed? Let's see. Let's see if the other one is closed. <laughs> like, man, what in the world? And I mean, again, that's not funny because, like, it's a lot of black people in D.C. Oh, my gosh. that oh. It's a lot of black people in D.C. If this place closed down, like, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I'd have to get more information to see why they closed. Well... It doesn't have information on why they closed. Like, did they lose their accreditation or let's see. Yeah, that'll be one I'll have to research and report back on to see why did they lose their accreditation. Matter of fact, let's let's check the other one. So the Art Institute of Charlotte, do they still exist? <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> can't live i can't live they're temporarily closed jesus lord come on come on let's see they have information about why they're closed let's see uh he's low okay does it have a reason for why it says it's permanently closed now Let's see. Completing your education. Third party financial request. See, and it doesn't even it doesn't even have information about why the Charlotte campus is closed. Like uh man, <laughs> what I don't know what to say, man. Like wow, where both of the institutes that you went to are closed. <sighs> Not sure what to say. Um, hmm. Have to look and get more info as to why these places were closed and what have you. But man, like <laughs> they just built non-white people and get us into all kinds of nonsense that waste time and energy and oh we got these old fake nurses and these old fake teachers and all the rest of it. you spend all this money and time and energy for nothing like i can't say it enough like do your diligence do your research um wow just man <laughs> Make sure, investigate as much as you can, as they said, see, you know, are they accredited for what? Are there folks who graduated from here who've advanced in their career that I can chat it up with? I get as much detail as possible. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> this is one 
this is so this is from 2018 uh, future uncertain for art institute of charlotte students uh Declining enrollment is one reason why the owners of the Art Institute of Charlotte say they are closing the school. The Los Angeles-based nonprofit Dream Center Education Holdings announced the closure this week, along with art institutes in Durham and Charleston, South Carolina. South University in High Point, which Dream Center also owns, will close as well. About 3,000 students will be affected. Uh, last year... Just over 800 students were enrolled at the Art Institute of Charlotte. Dream Center officials are advising students currently enrolled to continue with their classes uh, for now. In press release, they said they are still looking into viability of current offerings. On Monday, posts were placed on the school's websites stating that no new applications are being accepted. Mm, mm, mm don't know what to say man like to have that sort of thing you know (laughs) with many of the institutes and oh my gosh do your diligence in advance wow Mm, mm, mm. i have to look back and see how the uh oh no is this another let's see let me see just seeing it. Oh no! Oh my goodness! They got another one. This is uh, his two-year degree cost him ninety thousand dollars. That's that's I think about six thousand dollars. Then what? Z's mom saved her buddy associate. She said not buddy associate. <laughs> uh, so the report says Sean Joyce used to sit at his desk at the Art Institute of Charlotte in North Carolina on edge. That's because a staff member could burst into his classroom at any moment and lead him on the walk of death. That was when the students would be summoned to the for-profit school's financial aid office and told they'd run out of loans, Joyce said. Then the student would be informed that he or she needed to borrow more money immediately or else leave the school. You never knew if you were coming back, Joyce, now 29, said. On his way to pursuing his bachelor's degree in web design and interactive media at the Art Institute, a former unit of education management corporation, which was partially owned by Goldman Sachs at the time, Joyce received such an ultimatum. At one point, there were some 50 Art Institute campuses in operation. Scared the school would not allow him to complete his degree, he signed up for another loan. But realizing how unaffordable school was becoming, he also decided to leave the program after two years instead of the four years he planned on. The tab for his two years associate's degree is nearly $90,000. I switched down to an associate's degree. Why is this expensive? He recalled telling the Art Institute staff at the time, I'm paying more than what was quoted to me for a bachelor's degree. To make matters worse, Joyce has been unable to find a job in his field to repay that huge debt. During enrollment, Joyce claims that Art Institute employees have promised him they'd find him work related to his studies. Yet when he reached out to the school's career services department, a woman just sent him back job links on Craigslist. This school screwed me over. Multiple requests for an interview with Education Management Corporation went unanswered 
the company's website is now down and last month it filed for bankruptcy. Yikes. Don't know what to say. Uh, I'll have to see if this is a black male. I guess that'll be my my last dig for this. But I mean, wow, is this like a pattern of behavior where they get like maybe they got whole generations of black males who were black people, period. I was reading about this Sean fella, but maybe they got whole generations of black people, non-white people. Who, you know, they think I'm going to school, I'm going to be skilled and do all this and blah, blah. <laughs> we're going to take your $10,000 or whatever it is. Excuse me. We're going to take your $100,000 and nothing. We don't help you find a job. Nothing. Nothing. Anywho. Um, let's see. Oh my God. I think Sean Joyce is a black male. I think this is a black male. I think this is a black male. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do it. Sean, I think this is a black male who has this, he has a lawsuit pending about, uh, the theft of his money. Uh, but I think, yeah, this was a black male who had a hundred thousand dollars stolen from him. (sighs) Black male privilege other folks who dialed in with a hand up commentary to share may I be heard our caller at the courthouse yes sir yes sir thank you very much sir greetings to Gus the host the listeners and callers Uh, I have not had my phone stolen and it being used to send a message to a coworker. Um, I do remember it being said about people not texting the supervisor or that they have to have some kind of folder to use every time, uh, like someone's calling out or they have to message anything to the supervisor. Um, is the most recent, uh, but as far as the updates, I just have just a few. Uh, it's like I, we, like me and another victim, use that acronym: food, cars, picture decorations, FCPD. So, a lot of the times they love to use food, right? So, everybody's wearing green today, um, and. I think it's just some kind of code. Also, they had the Southern girl, and I think it might have been something like, <laughs> I don't know if it was coded or whatnot, but a victim said she thought it was something that had a uh, racial message or a racist message, but the shirt was green. And then another white female clique member had that because they ran the 5K, the courthouse uh, running team. Uh the shirt was green, so I guess they was doing that little St. Patrick's Day thing. And the white person in charge went and bought three boxes of green donuts. So I always refused um, the food offering. Uh, you know, they had a, a stack of 
Lucky Charm cereal, you know, on the table. Um, just uh, food that's non-constructive. But I wanted to start out with that because I got a report that the area that I work in, the segregated department, um, the white person said that, oh, you know, I'm just so proud of the, this area and uh, the research area because they've been getting so many compliments and things like that. I think it just might be in response to uh, something that I mentioned to him about the uh, injustices being practiced in, in the uh, office. Um, the next one is the, the smiling thing, uh, like with the passport photos. And it's like it's I'm observing the coworker a black female is like somewhat telling people that can you smile like smile for me and I don't think that's supposed to be done and it's a way you're supposed to talk and uh, suggest that you, you know you are able to smile uh, if you want because I've seen people reject that like no I'm not going to smile and a white woman did it today said and I'm not going to smile like no, I'm good I'm okay uh, and of course, it seems like it's mainly with black people this thing about smiling and having to retake the picture because I had took a picture of a little black boy. Uh, you know, he just came in there with his grandmother. He sat, she sat him on the stool. I put the camera up in front of him, and you know, I just took his picture. It was just that simple. I took it up to the counter, and the white woman that is a definite clique member, uh, she got the black female to come back and take the little boy picture again. So she said, can you smile for me, please? I'm like, man, like, <laughs> I don't remember no kind of policy or anything about making people smile and sound like, but, you know, I wanted to mention that um, because it's just like a sense of like a perception. It's just a, a, a um, passport photo with the white background. Um, my next one is an exchange from uh, another white woman who walked up to her and all of a sudden they were talking about something about clothing. And she said that the white woman said, I don't like clothes and I'm going to do something. So the black female says, well, you know, you'll be arrested. You can be arrested for indecent exposure. White, white woman responds, I don't care. That's your problem. So I wrote that down. So I'm like, what is wrong with this person? So um, my, my next one is uh, there was a white man that came in and was being real nasty, uh, you know, practicing racism and making demands about something about getting a chip or something. And the black person, the black male, said that, you know, we got to go by policy. You got to have something in writing. You know, we can't get that done today. And he started getting on the phone saying that, oh, I'm already talking to him, and I'm I'm trying to find someone, and that's over him. Like, it's straight pronouns. Don't even say his name. 
You know what I mean? Like, that's, I think, another form of racism because a white woman has said that uh, about one of the black um, co-workers in the segregated area. Oh, did she come in yet? You know, so that's a, that's a way that they practice racism, too. Uh, a victim said that she confronted a white person, of course, another clique gang member. Like, why you always got to cough and sneeze when you walk by me? Oh, you know, I didn't mean to do that. And he said, yes, you did. <laughs> you know, so uh, that was something she uh, shared with me. And I got one last one. Uh, another exchange, once again, by the, the person who'd been reported. Uh, a, the black female was coming back from the lunch break. And she, you know, I guess is trying to impress, you know, the white people on the other side of the department. And, well, guess what, everybody? I'm back. I'm back. And this is racist suspect now. She says three words, thank the heavens. That's what she said. So she started giggling, the black person. I said that sounds very like racist, sarcastic, but that's the that's their style. That's how they do. So, um, other than that, it's not too much going on except for more entitlement. Uh, but other than that, that's all I have to report. Thanks for allowing me to share. He said more entitlement. I'm done. Uh, the. Uh so we still haven't had anyone one uh who's had their phone stolen and you know they hijacked went through the contacts what have you thus far nope for coworkers um i think we've heard about the passport photos the pictures before where the black people where it's you know got to be all this pride oh you got to smile you look like a little thug and come on now you don't want people to some mugshot where it's always got to be some extra racism uh with these pictures he said where a white female came through and she didn't smile and we didn't have all this like oh my gosh you look like bonnie and clyde or look like susan smith kill all your children like come on you gotta so they don't do all that i was smile. okay no problem black child that 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 gotta come back and i think we even heard that before where this black child even and they had to come back and we got to do it again and all this like you know come on even that that's another reason why have to talk to your children about racism uh these sort of incidents when have you mm, even you know whatever language that they're using and all that stuff mm. Uh, the, let's see. The him where the white fella came in being nasty and rude. Now, they have all kinds of folks who come to the courthouse and are abusive or rude and all the rest of it. Uh, this fella comes in as being nasty and rude. He said he gets a, a black person, uh, doing the clerk work or what have you who works with him or what have you so we need documentation for that didn't say he cursed him out told him to get out of here didn't hit the panic button none of that and he says he gets out and 
I'm, I'm going to talk to somebody who's above him. He's not going to tell me what to do. I know who him think he like that sort of thing. We say where the black person doesn't even have a name. We are so I mean, they have names for the dogs. You know, they name uh, the cars, their ships, all of that. Name the cow, whatever it is. The black male, black him. He doesn't tell me what I'm going to talk to who's over him. They've got him at the desk. Again, I have seen that for years uh, where black people that you put that right in there where they either don't call us by our correct name. I think he's even talked about uh, a call at the courthouse where they sometimes when they send out the emails and what have you, maybe we don't put your name on here at all or they'll call out the important white people by name. Oh, we want to thank Kathy, Susie, and then all the niggers in the segregated section. Yes. Now, like, well, wait a minute. I got, we can't get individual shout out. Yes. Yes. All the niggers in the end. Okay. That sort of thing. That's what you do with niggers. You're not, you know, people, we don't need to get into your specifics. Uh, bravo for the black self, black self-respect uh, for the victim uh, pointing that out where this white person just comes to cough and sneeze and all that around them like it's still Rona I think it's still out there and just in general like come on they have restrooms I suspect at the courthouse uh, you can go find another area why and particularly if this is anything where you're coming over close to the segregated area or around me and especially if she's noticed this a pattern where every time you got to load up and oh my nostrils I got to let one fly let me get over and close it like come on come on and that's not even you know being I think anybody would grasp it like why do you have to come around me to do all of your you know I'm congested I just got to Get a little, get my sinuses on. Like, come on, they got a bathroom. Come on, black cell. Because I think a lot of us, just because we've been terrorized, would not say anything. You know, uh, I guess she's sick. You can be sick. You can clear your nose wherever. They got bathrooms. You got a desk, seating area. You can go outside. Lots of options. Why are you doing this around me? And question: Why are you doing that around me? My fault. I'm sorry. Doesn't get any better than tacking. I mean, that's like Florida tacky too, because they've been all on. Like he said, they had the people that came in and flaunted the COVID rules and got it like four or five times. <laughs> and that they want to come in and <laughs> oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry, sorry, excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry, sorry. Love the colored people, I love it. Come on, come on. Uh, let's see. I don't even know what to say. So you have a colleague who says, you know, this could be indecent exposure. What have you That's your problem. I don't. What? What? I can't. I can't fathom. In a world. Go ahead. I think. See, this person is definitely going to, men, I guess, what they call mental therapist or whatever, but I think she's still competent in her racism, though. So she just does, like, it's just, you know, arrogance, racist arrogance. She said, I don't care. That's y'all problem? Like, she can't arrest you. Like, if she's saying 
you will get arrested for indecent exposure. She said y'all, like, in, incorporating her, the black person. That's y'all problem? That's, that's exactly what her response was and walked out the segregated area. <laughs> wow. I, I, uh, th- even that alone, like they don't even like to come to the, he said the, he said the customers, he wasn't even talking about the patrons most recently. He said the customers don't even like to come down and exit, use the door where the segregated area where they, you know, stockpile the niggers. She came down to the segregated area. <laughs> That's y'all's problem. <laughs> Going back to where the white people stay at. <laughs> like, dang, <laughs> much less, much less, you know, I think that's indecent. that. <laughs> Those rules don't apply to me. I'm white. You colored. Basically. Come on. Like, that is so, that is so white woman. I told you all. That's, that's been my experience. Like, yes, I'm not saying you don't have white males who come and, you know, practice racism or say lewd things or what. He's told us about that before. He said the white guy who came in and fussed all the people, shut up, get back to work. Ah, work quicker. All that. He's told us about that before. I'm just saying in general, white women they are the most lawless I can do anything these rules do not apply Fuller said he said it was a white woman who got on that elevator and turned around and told all them like I know I'm dressed tacky like the warden I wear the same clothes every day I'm white I don't even have to wear clothes you niggers don't understand that but I do that sort of lawless I can't I don't exactly indecent. What are you talking about? Indecent exposure. I am a white woman. You all still don't understand that. That's why you're in the segregated area. Deuces. And she walked on back. <laughs> Amazing. What that another one right there. What does it mean to be white? Live and direct. Uh, so we didn't get anybody. Nobody has had their phone hijacked, used to call coworkers. I've not had my phone stolen and texted where they texted anybody. So we shall see. Again, this is like forevers. So if you hear the archive, untiljustice at gmail.com, let us know what they did with your phone if you've experienced this. From a jackass. That's what he said. It was a jack, not a racist. A jackass stole my phone from my house and texted the niggers about Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. We'll be here tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Man, I have got to do some research on the Art Institute. Like, Jesus Christ, is that like a cottage industry where you go out and, and rob and loot the young niggers who are trying man more to come on that later sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with 
ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately. No name calling, no gossiping, no throwaway offspring. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's brother. Your problem? You're a victim. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>